We're judging the world and saying what sucks. We're abused versus the world. Yeah, pretty. But like, it's actually not a very good plot. This is pretty. I was going to say, I think you'd actually be okay with uh, Daredevil, because a lot of the violence happens. Actually, 90% of that series happens in the dark, so... Yeah, but the violence implied um, can, can be pretty rough. No I, I know... Implied violence. Between, you know... Bowling balls and car doors. Car doors. Well, that one wasn't so much implied as in the bowling ball. Like, he breaks the dude's arm. Was it a piece of rebar all in the same episode? Well, just skip that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, eventually, he probably has the most amount of plot. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Just. Oh, that is. Anyway. Now that I think about it, Daredevil has more plot per violence. More plot per violence. More, like, more, more significant plot per violence. Daredevil is to violence as Game of Thrones is to sex scenes. Right. Pretty much. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good... Okay, so is everybody... Well, I don't think there are any brothers and sisters fighting in Daredevil. Sibling problems of any nature. Okay, are we recording right now? Yeah, we're oh, recording. Have we been recording? Is oh, a bad. question. All right, I guess I should do this. <coughs> oh dear. Well, I, if, to answer your question, I have actually hidden mics on everybody in this room, so you're always recording. It's your son, isn't it? Yep. Every time he touches you, <laughs> that's what he does. Knew it. Mic activation. Some people have really cool superpowers. Mine. Places mics and people by touching them. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that Brady. is simultaneously. I hope <laughs> when you say mic, I hope you say I hope you mean microphones. Ooh. Yeah, what a guy named Mike. Wow. Okay. We don't wow. need Nate. We have me. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, everybody. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Reviews vs. the World. <laughs> we are here to record a podcast. We are Reviews vs. the World and Reviews vs. the Podcast. In today's episode, Reviews vs. Halloween. Oh, so scary. I practiced that for ten minutes today. <laughs> um, it's it's all. I got this, I got this. <laughs> and today we are talking about our favorite Halloween traditions. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing that is off the table today. We're talking about anything spooky. We are talking about our favorite Halloween pastimes. These include Halloween specials, favorite cartoons, musicals, video games, board games, movies, and TV shows, and anything else that we can think of that we particularly enjoy in this season of Halloween. So today we have our wonderful cast joining us. And watch out that you don't bump into her in the middle of the full moon, lest you prepare to deal with hair and teeth and dangerous appetites. Emily! That's me every day, so... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty accurate. Don't I'm all about hair and teeth and appetite. <laughs> don't call for mother when you see him, because under his wraps and a thousand years of Egyptian dust, he will answer Brady! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Are are mummies basically like zombies? Like, would they do they also go for brains? But they're wrapped wrapped up. I think they also have magical powers. There's there's zombies with a fashion sense. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. You won't see him. You won't even hear him. But he can see you if he were here, Nate. So, fun fact, Nate is not actually here. Or maybe he is. What? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's not. Feel your lap. I was actually just really... Someone's sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) I was just really happy with that introduction and didn't want it to go to waste. Um, (laughs) Practice this for hours, guys. Uh, Oh, wait. 
Wait, have wait, do I have yours? No. Uh-oh. Oh, there you go. Okay, never mind. I thought I, I, thought I lost one. Whose Don't, feelings are going to get hurt? <laughs> Don't go fishing with him around, though. He will drag you underwater. Deep into the darkness with his gills. He is the creature. He is John. Uh, <laughs> it's a long drive from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> this is... Ugh, my commute is awful. <laughs> he'll only answer when you invite him in, and then he'll hypnotize you under the cover of night and bleed you dry. Steven! Blah, blah, wow, you blah. sound like my last girlfriend. Oh. That's who I called for this. Oh. <laughs> Steven, you've never had a girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> and now nice. be your storyteller of all things ghoulish. My name is Aldo. Ooh. So, so you're I don't know why I'm howling at everything. Yeah. You're Vincent Price. I was actually gonna My do My grandson Jody. I was gonna do a thriller for somebody, but I didn't want them to feel special. Oh no, I would I would have run away in fear. That's one thing that actually is scary every time to me. Bad <laughs> effects and all, it's really scary. Okay. I, yeah. Anyways, uh before we get started with the podcast, I will be the guy running everything today. Uh and truth be told, I hate Halloween. I hate the season, costumes, <laughs> tired and lazy stories, horror movies, jump scares, gore, and the depressing nature of uh pretty much everything about it. However, Every once in a while, there comes something along that I really like, something that particularly charms me, and I think a lot of people, that kind of turns the Halloween from being about gore and violence into being about something better. Family? Um, I mean, sure, but you have Thanksgiving, because <laughs> people care about that, right? <laughs> so that's kind of what we're here to talk about. We're kind of here to talk about some of the best parts of the season of the holiday, um, unless, you know, you do like... Horror movies like Freddy and Jason and all that stuff, which I'm not, you. I'm not fond of, but you know, whatever, to each their own. But before we get started into the uh, kind of the greatness of Halloween, let's talk about what some of the nerdy things we've been into over the last month. Um, let's go ahead and start off with uh, with Steven, who's to my immediate left. Yes, I am to Aldo's immediate left. So, uh, been into a lot of nerdy stuff this month. I've actually had to think really hard about what I wanted to talk about because I've done so much. Um, you might remember if you listened to last month's podcast, John and I attended the uh, Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah. Um, I picked up <laughs> roughly $400 worth of comics. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading. One of my big goals has been to catch up on some of the classics of the superhero genre. So I've been reading Walt Simonson's run on Thor, which is... Run repeatedly been said to be the best run on any superhero comic ever. Um, I've read the first two volumes, which includes the introduction of Beta Ray Bill, the space alien cyborg who was also a Thor, who looks like a horse, and is therefore the best comic book character ever created. <laughs> and is so good at being Thor that he was made a th- he was given his own hammer to be a Yeah, he's better at being Thor than Thor was yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> he's great. Um, I've also been reading a lot of classic X-Men stories. Um, John turned me on to a podcast called Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, mm-hmm. in which two people just go through the entire history of the X-Men and explain every plot that ever happened. Um, I have listened to all 75 episodes oh, in the dear. last month. Wow. And wow. they have made it up to the 1980s. So <laughs> they've got a ways to go still. I, There's this, so much retconning and stuff. This sounds like something I need to be into. It's, it's amazing. Good. They're really good. They're it's, really it's a good. husband and wife. They know their stuff. They acknowledge, like, 
they acknowledge when something is bad, they love it all, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's really important when you love something, is you yeah. need to be able to see that, how terrible it can be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, their podcast isn't as good as ours, right? 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 When you love something, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Walt Simonson, sorry, I had tweeted this a long time ago, and I just wanted to bring it up. This is one of my favorite panels in comics ever. It's Thor, and he's saying, By the bristling beard of Odin, the noble Iron Man hath fallen. I must hasten to my comrade's side swiftly, lest he be, eh? Heimdall's eyes, tis not, tis not possible. It's the most ridiculous dialogue. I love it so much. But Speaking of ridiculous dialogue, the other classic comic that I've been reading has been Chris Claremont's X-Men, oh, which is where the Dark Phoenix saga comes from. It's where uh, Days of Future Past comes from. Almost wait, every wait, wait. amazing X-Men storyline that has ever been turned into a movie came from Chris Claremont, and his dialogue is insane. It's it's a soap well, opera. Well, it's oh, yeah. What oh, oh, yeah. Well, bro, is like the best of the uh, Kurt Wright. Kurt Wagner. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So so you're telling me that Brett Ratner didn't come up with the Dark Phoenix idea by himself? I would argue that Brett Ratner did not come up with the Dark Phoenix idea at all. I mean, I've seen <laughs> X-Men <Black laughs> and, and that, sir, is no Dark Phoenix. No. So anyway, that's what I've been into. Cool. Uh, Brady, what have you been into this last month? I have been into... Well, a lot of TV, but before I get into that, I've been getting ready for um, for my review of Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, and in doing that, I've been re-listening to the Stormlight Archives, um, which is the Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, and guys, if you want a good book, and you have a lot of time, <laughs> read the Stormlight Archives, they are masterpieces. Um, basically, just give a little bit of background of kind of what the story is about. The way, so it basically takes place in this world of Roshar that's constantly hit with these storms that basically destroy absolutely everything, and they've had to basically adapt to the storms and build their homes in a way that they can survive it. And there's these magical things that kind of happen in the background, and there's these magical swords that can basically cut through anything, including somebody's soul. Dun dun dun. And that sounds like a Wolverine plot. And like you can make and the swords appear if you know, within ten after ten heartbeats. So basically like if you're in the middle of battle and your heart is racing, then you can get that magical sword faster. But yeah, it it's really, really interesting and just the character work is wonderful. Um, my, my personal favorite character is a character named Dalinar, who's basically this general brother of the king, who was always a drunk and kind of a horrible person, and then when his brother is assassinated by this guy with magical powers, he basically tries to turn his life around and live by the old codes. And just, his character development is wonderful. Um, I highly recommend it to everybody, and you'll find out a lot more when I get my review out, hopefully in this next week or so. Um, but also, like I mentioned, I've been watching a lot of TV, guys. The new season is upon us, and we've had a lot of great shows, but mostly we've had a lot of crap. <laughs> so let me, let me save you some time. If you are looking for a new show to watch, and you see that lineup, and you see Heroes Reborn on there, you might be tempted. But no. Just no. Do not do it. Yeah, fool me twice. Not going to happen again. Chuck will not save the series for you. <laughs> All right. Also, 
if you're tempted by Minority Report, you think, ah, that was a decent movie, you know, the Tom Cruise, and no, just no, don't do it. Now, you had a problem with the movie because of one little plot point, I remember. I, I, had, a, I had many problems with the movie. Oh, I thought it was just hinging my, on that one. My, okay. favorite, my favorite review was uh, about, about Minority Report was, uh, we'll just try to make a series about this thing we tried to convince you in two hours that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. I, I made it through two episodes of that, because I'll give anything two episodes, and never going back. But that being said... <laughs> There's actually been some good surprises. Um, the Grinder is yeah, that's that's a wonderfully like, fun I'd like, show. I'd like this to be good, but I don't think it will be. It's good? It's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, it's it's basically Rob Lowe plays an actor mm-hmm. who played a lawyer on TV for several years. And he he his show ends, and so he decides to kind of retire from acting. And he goes home to his hometown where he finds his brother who is an actual lawyer, and he basically decides to kind of take over his firm using his lawyer knowledge from Uh playing a lawyer on TV for many years. And hilarity ensues. You're a crook, Captain Hook. (laughs) Won't you throw the book? Yeah, maritime maritime law. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, I I heard good things about Grindr, and I gave it a try, and I just decided that it wasn't for me. And then I realized that I should have been going with Tinder, not Grindr. You heard oh. the joke I wanted to make. Yes. It's like you see these coming and you can't. You just you, you can't you do it. Stop. I was waiting for it. I was like, if, some, if somebody doesn't like, do let it, let me in. Let me in. Another show that you should actually check out: Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Surprisingly, I, I it is hilarious. It's a musical, and the music is very clever. Okay. Um, like it's Flight of the Concords level of cleverness with with its lyrics okay that's fair okay and it's it's a lot of fun and i did not expect to like it at all but um i heard from one of my favorite tv critics that he really enjoyed it so i gave it a shot and man i loved it and other than that i hope that you're watching fargo season two because it is amazing Mm -hmm. okay good uh john what have you been into this uh last while well nerdy (coughs) wait a moment Well, uh, I also went to Salt Lake Comic Con. Um, Steven and I actually, like, we were... We buddied. To, we would, like, try to find each other and end up we were going to the same panel anyway. So that worked out. It was really cool. Um, you know, I liked seeing the artists most of all. I was surprised yeah. about how many Funko Pop figures there were and how so hard much it was. Funko. Not to, I wanted to buy all of them. There was a Ruby Rod from Fifth Element, and it took, like, all what? my willpower to be like, no, buy art. Buy comics instead. <laughs> that was, uh, was really cool. That's actually the thing that continuously disappoints me about Comic Con is that yeah. the amount of artists they have. I wish there would be more, and I wish there would be more actual comic book artists. Yeah. And writers, but the few times that they have brought somebody I like, uh, I like uh, this artist named John Tyler Christopher. Uh huh. Um, fantastic artist. Does some of my favorite pieces, which is are like these superheroes. Uh, he does the female superheroes, but like their costumes blend into the... The color of their costume is the background. So okay. it blends into it. Oh, I, I've seen what... Okay, yeah, yeah. And I love him, and I had I sat down and talked to him for like an hour and a half, pretty much all three days of Comic-Con. He's yeah. an excellent fellow. But yeah. That's... That, no, that's like... I wish that they... Like my buddy was there, um, and you should check him out on uh, online. It's uh, Timothy Anderson Art. 
Mm-hmm. He does posters and, and like a lot of really cool Star Wars stuff. He's doing 300 days of Star Wars. Oh, it's cool. like Inktober on speed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been it's been really cool to watch. Um, I think yesterday was Admiral Akbar, and it was amazing. But um, he was selling posters, and we kind of agreed that like there should be a, a higher bar for like Artist Alley, I think. Like, there yeah. should be, you know, like, professional artists and not someone who's like, I made these things out of yarn, or like, you know, <laughs> I drew pictures out of crayons right here in front of you, and $20, please. Water, <laughs> watercolor ponies yeah. have them. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing against anyone who makes watercolor ponies, but... I was going to say, I'm really offended, so not, thanks well, for that. Well, you know, <laughs> you should give your booth up to someone in the industry. <laughs> But uh, loved the voice actors that were there. The Animaniacs were there. Did uh, you go to their live reading? Yeah. Oh, what did they do this year? They did Harry Potter 2. Yes! Now, I only stayed for an hour of it, because it went on for two hours. And, like, so... So part of the reason why... It was good, but, like, it needs to, like... It it doesn't really work as, like, a comedy bit. Um, Billy West was talking about that. He's like, this is, is like, your your, uh, co-opting comedy... You know, where it's just like they just kept going on and on. It's like if it's if it's a bit, and there needs to be like a beginning, a middle, end, and have like a big punchline. Yeah, it was consistently funny and everything like that. But after a while, it was just like mm, okay. You know. Yeah. So so I don't know if they did it the same. So when I went last year, uh, they did it in two days. Uh-huh. Uh, the second showing for it was kind of an impromptu thing because the first they had sold out, and there was there had been such a huge uh-huh. line that couldn't go in. Okay. So they did it again the second day. I think they moved some other actor or so. Somebody like that was important. They moved them into like a smaller room. Oh, jeez. For these guys. So they gave well, them they, the big They gave them room. the biggest room. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they did that. Yeah. So the way they did it, I don't, please correct me. If, please, I hope they did it the same way, was they had, they went through like three sections of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And they gave them all like different voices to do. Yeah. Um, and kind of at the end, which was like the end of the whole thing, they kind of made them all do their iconic voices. So at the end of the day, we had Voldemort being voiced as uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was at least... Yeah, that's, in, how, that's how it was. Okay. And it kind of um, felt like at least that was the punchline, was the fact that they finished it doing the Well, they kind of started voice. it with, like, their most famous voices. Oh, that's not good. So, but, I mean, all of them have, a, like, over a, a dozen them, yeah. each that, they, like, you could call their iconic voice, you know. But it was still great. And I, I loved going to... Um, Rob Paulson had his own podcast the night before... And open it up with the countries of the world song, and ended it oh, with wow. the additional countries that weren't around in the early nineties. Yeah, um, it was really, really great. I'm also been doing Inktober, which is yeah, I've seen like, those. Yeah. Those are so fun. Um, I love. Stephen's been doing those. it too. It's always good to be like, it's like having a running. Buddy. I wish I could like <laughs> draw it things. I, yeah. No, you don't have to be able to draw things to do. Oh Inktober. no, 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 no! You should look at Inktober. I like, literally. No. You should look at DeviantArt. Even... <laughs> you don't have to be able to draw to call yourself an artist. You don't, you don't need to make decent cosplay in order to call yourself a cosplayer. <laughs> have a cosplay, you just buy please. a Halloween costume. There you go. But, yeah, that's, you know, I've been trying to do um, Halloween-themed um, stuff and stuff that I like to draw. And, um, and stuff. And stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Cool. Of course, my printer is messed up, and like I'll I'll like draw something in like blue line, and then want to copy it, and then ink on the copy, so I still have the blue line, you know. Right. Yeah. So that like, you know, I'm not messing up my original drawing or whatever. Right. I think my pencils look a lot better. I'll do a post after yeah. showing, you know, Please what, do so. what happened before I messed them up. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, Emily, what have you been into? Um, my fiance and I. He's here. Say hello, Curtis. Hello, Curtis. <laughs> He's so well trained. I like to pull him into things when he doesn't want to be involved. Um, <laughs> so this is me giving him license to speak. 
So I love you. Anyway, um, I could have been at home watching Star Wars again. <laughs> Speaking of, he and I are watching all the Star Wars movies again in preparation well for done. Force Awakens. We're oh, yeah. excited about I'm, it. I'm still. I'm. S- how many days sober? I don't. No trailer. It was oh, so dude. hard. Congratulations. It was so hard. On I the other it. hand, I re- I like I re- today this morning I watched the mega trailer then we'll combine yeah, all yeah, the yeah. trailers. Yeah. Oh man. Well, how many what Monday Night Football? How many more people watch Monday Night Football for that big release of like the official mm-hmm. big trailer oh, yeah. than mm-hmm. like ever? They broke it was the some internet. crazy number. Yeah, I would basically. watch CNN if they put the trailer. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd watch I would, Fox News. Well. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I would watch Bill O'Reilly if Bill O'Reilly said, I have an exclusive trailer. I'd be like, alright Bill O'Reilly, you but, got um, me this time. <laughs> so, Keep going. We've been doing that. Um, we saw a couple movies. We saw The Martian, which That's was really great. good. I love me some Matt Damon. I'll which episode was that day. one? Which episode was what? The Martian. Star the Martian? Wars. Not Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on. Oh, there was punctuation. There, <laughs> period. And then. And then. Um, I also saw Crimson Peak, which was kind of fun. Um, Tom Hiddleston's really dreamy. As I is think his we thumb. can all. Right. It's funny, because I was watching the movie, and I knew they were going to have sex, and then all of a sudden, whoop, there's his butt. And I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. That was like half of their marketing. Come see Crimson Peak. Tom Hiddleston's bum will be in it. Also, the rest of him. But his bum will be in there. That's the selling point here. It was. Um, and, and, of course, because he's British, it's bum. Yes. Right, it's bum. not butt, it's bum, it's, I'm sorry. It's, you'll see him without his trousers. Right. There yes. You. <laughs> and without his pants. Um, ah. <laughs> he knows. And I've been playing this game that a coworker of mine introduced me to called Hex Forever. Oh, jeez. You have you played it? No, my wife played something similar to that. It'll probably it's if she like, hears about it. It's like it. Tetris, but it's a hexagon, and it's super addicting. And like. It, it was stupid because I was working on something at work and then I got bored and I was talking about something and my coworker Dave's like, here, try this game. And I play it every free chance I get. I'm watching a movie. I'm going to play Hex Forever. Having conversations with people, I'm going to play Hex Forever because obviously I'm, you know, antisocial. So, so how long are you going to play this game for? I'm still playing it right now. So forever. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> um, I met one of my favorite musicians a while back, which is good. It'll, I'll date myself if I say who. I'm Come a young on. person. Um, d- has anybody listened to something corporate? Jack's Mannequin? Yeah. Yeah. No. Andrew McMahon. Oh. Well, I don't know who that is. Well, then, there you go. That's the end of my story. That's the end of my, <laughs> of my So, some of the stuff I've been into, um, instead of going to Salt Lake Comic Con, uh, I went to out of town uh, on the same weekend of to uh, Anime Week in Atlanta. So that was my first time going to a con- no, it's been my second time ever going to a convention that's uh, not here in Utah. And the cosplay, wow. And the booty, wow. Hey. <laughs> I, there's, I saw a lot of it, that's what I'm trying to imply. <laughs> there's a lot of cosplay in Atlanta that does not fly here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a big difference between Atlanta and Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes, there is. I think that's a fair point. I'm just right. saying, I was caught off my guard. Anyways, but the dealer's room was kind of the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So one of my biggest complaints I've always had about Salt Lake Comic Con is that you're walking through and you can see artists here, you know, vendor there, blah, blah, blah. But then there's like insurance guy that has like three booths size yeah then a car dealership that has like a whole block to themselves so you have all these like corporate things that aren't necessarily comic book or you know pop culture related and kind of annoys me when i went to anime week in atlanta it was the same size as the solid comic-con vendor but none of that at all 
just 100% anime merchandise. That's all because, anime all the time. That's because corporations have no idea what anime is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was amazing. There was there was also some things that made me a little uncomfortable. Not because they make me uncomfortable, but because of the specific situation. If you guys have ever heard of like the was the they call like dakimuras, but they are body pillows that usually have anime characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I've so, seen a 30 Rock episode. Yep, yep. So, so, <laughs> yep. so they, can, they can be, they can go from, like, official ones where the characters are dressed and, you know, it's it's fine, it's decent, but then, like, Still weird, though. We're acknowledging that yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I have never said right. they're not weird. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but then you get into the weird side where they have, like, the fan ones, which are risque. So there was a booth that had a whole bunch of risque body pillows, and right across from them was this family that was selling, like, candy and ramune and, like, CDs and DVDs from Japan. But the person that was in charge of, like, handling their money was, like, their 10-year-old daughter. And I was like, why are you in front of the body pillows? Please don't be. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was... And I also spent more money than I should have on, like, statues and toys and things like well, that. Something I got that I forgot to bring, and I'm sorry because it's for Brady, but there's an artist on Instagram. You can find him, Mr. Trevor Downs. Uh-huh. Um, really great guy, actually local, and um, is going still to UVU, I believe. But oh, cool. But had a huge Doctor Who uh, kind of presence there, and we had just finished our podcast, and so I was like, oh, Doctor Who. Ooh. I got a really cool poster of the Doctor, and it's... Images from all the different series all mixed up, so it looks like he's running through um, a bunch of different pages, you know, from like a book or something, or, or pieces of glass, you know, where it's like each one of them has a little bit of like imagery from the doctor, you know, and he's kind of like his arm is in like, from one doctor, and you know, I think he has Matt Smith's head or David Tennant's head, oh, and, cool. you know, it's kind of, it's a really cool picture. Like on his neck. What? He has the head on so right, on right on the neck. Yeah, right thank on, you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I also got a funny poster that I'm showing Brady, these two right here, of like little like Doctor Who puns. So instead of Time Lord, it's like Slime Lord, Crime Lord, oh, Dime Lord, Dime Lord. That's funny. So it's a whole Lime poster Lord. of it. And I left Lime it Lord, Prime Lord, Lime Lord, Grind Lord, Crime Lord. Time Lord. Really, really funny. T H Y M E Lord. Yeah. As yeah. in parsley, sage, rosemary, and. Time <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So, yeah, and it's uh, there's more than are on here, the couple cool. that are like, just for the post. So that'll be, you know, a little something for our fearless leader. Awesome. <laughs> um, so as soon as I got back two weeks later, I went to Anime Bonsai. How did that compare? Because I hear that's supposed to be a good Well, I, it's a good convention. I mean, I enjoy it. It's been small. Um, yeah. It's been around for 10 years, so yeah. it grows a little bit every year. But um, going into their dealer's room, which is like probably the size of Brady's house, compared to like the uh, vendor's room at Atlanta, was just like, oh, I, was, I cried inside a little bit. Just like I do every time I come home. <laughs> hey, what we're saying is Brady's house is not very big. <laughs> it's, well, it's pretty big. Than my apartment. I was like, he has a room for us. I mean, yeah, I know. Like, but but there's a, been a lot of anime in here, man. But, <laughs> but apart from uh, being a globe trotting anime fan, uh, I have been watching more anime. Um, I started watching a, oh, a show called Gurren Lagann, which is an excellent show. There's a lot of it's it's kind of just over the top. And it doesn't care about just, like, how to justify anything. Because, like, if somebody gets into a robot, it tells them, you can't be in here. And it has a little logo for them already. And you're just like, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> and so then, like, they take two robots, and one of them has, like, a drill that comes out of the bottom of it. And he just sticks it onto another robot. And that makes them combine somehow. 
and that's perfectly a-okay. And then they do it to another ro- robot who's a giant battleship, and that's how they win, by sticking this tiny robot onto other robots. Because robots. And I haven't finished the series, yeah. but I got to the point where they kill off what you think is the main antagonist, and then it jumps seven years into the future when there's a prophecy about to be fulfilled. So, that's actually been pretty cool. I, I feel like I'm like the old guy who is talking to young kids. You can play with them robots, son. Like, I have <laughs> no idea what's going I, on. I think you should... I think if you like crazy, over-the-top robot action, it's actually just a really good show. That's like a pretty Pacific good logline. Like, crazy, over-the-top robot I like, action. I like Pacific Rim, so okay. So, it, it, I'm, I want to get into it because somebody told me that there's like robots the size of galaxies. And I'm guessing I'm not at that point yet. Because no robot I've seen has been the size of a galaxy, and I'm kind of waiting for it. Um, How? Okay. Yeah, I, I, when I get there, I'll let you know. Um, I have also, just the other day, I, I watched part two, but I have seen Attack on Titan live action, the movie part two and one, one and two. And uh, how horrible are they on a They're not that ten. horrible, actually. I've only been hearing bad things. I know nothing about them except it's, for it dep- what we talked about. It depends. If you go in expecting a, a B-movie cash-in of a popular franchise, you're going to be... Your expectations are set exactly where they should be. All Way right. to manage expectations. <laughs> if, if you go in thinking this is going to be a blockbuster from Japan... No. 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 Uh, the first movie just feels like... Uh, like a, one director was, was doing like, I'm going to do my own thing. And then the studio was like, but you need to make it look like the anime. And they brought in somebody else and just... Uh, whereas the second episode is a lot... The second movie is a lot tighter. There's more action and it feels better. Um, I definitely thought you were talking about One Direction for a minute, when you were <laughs> and I'm like, that has no context to what we were talking about. Must not be what he said. I'm glad they broke up, because I didn't know what they were all about. They didn't I'm, break up. I'm one dude left the band, that's oh, all. Zane. <laughs> uh, Was it Harry so, Styles? Uh, I, I, I will say Harry this. Styles will never leave. He's My job requires me to constantly monitor Twitter. And when you do Yikes. that, you learn some things about boy bands that I never wanted to know and <laughs> oh, will not be allowed on. on this podcast. The end. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> okay. Oh, you can't stop me. But you know, talking to, like once once you have your own, uh, once you once you know what you're going into, it's actually really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first the first part did have some really laughable special effects. You guys remember? Have you guys seen the original King Kong? Yeah. Yes. Do you remember that really terrible scene where like that giant monkey hand comes in and picks up the girl? Oh, that yeah. happens about three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this giant hand just comes in really slowly, grabs somebody, and just pulls them out of the shot. You're just like, well, that just happened. Okay. <laughs> um, That's fair. And apart from that, I've just been reading the terrible distribution and publication mess that is Secret Wars, which is actually a lot better than it has any right to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's about over now, isn't it? No, kind of. Kind of. The event as a whole is over. Kind of. So, so the, the the whole event thing is over, and like the relaunch, the new relaunches are coming out. So is it the all new, all different? Yeah. So all that stuff is coming out right now in October. So if you ever want to get into comics, right now is the perfect time. Um, the problem is that the actual Secret Wars main title is still not done. Oh. <laughs> so they just came out with issue six out of eight. So I guess we know who's gonna live. Yeah. Is it going to connect? And so, like, the worst part is, like, Doctor Doom's uh, comic book came out, and uh-huh. every, and it's, he's completely different from the last time we saw him in the main series. So we're just like, something happened, something really drastic happened, and huh. nobody has any idea what it was. 
I I read all the runaways. Fantastic Four came out. <laughs> oh, well. No, get oh. out of here. Get out of your house. Oh. Get out of your own house. <laughs> right, get out of your own house, please. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's what we've been into. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with uh, some of our favorite Halloween uh, things that we enjoy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thanks, Brady. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some of our favorite things about Halloween. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that we really oh, enjoy. Recording? It doesn't yeah, matter. We yeah. have been. That it's was fine. all on the record. Yeah, hey, yeah, Curtis. You can say we, anything we just... you want right now. Shark farts. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. We can cut it out. Or we okay. can keep it. Brady, start recording now. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sorry. Future Brady, start recording now. <laughs> Thank you. You're not future... Okay, look. No, I'm saying work. thank you to future Brady when he asked it to you. Oh, my God. Because future me will listen to this and go, oh, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> so we us are saying what we us are saying now. Yeah. Clock is running. Oh. It was back to the future day this, this week. Uh, that was from Bill and Ted. Guys, do you think they celebrated Back to the Future Day in 1955? <laughs> 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 I made a funny. We gotta go back. We're never gonna get <laughs> anywhere. We're not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are never getting started. We are started right now. Please, future Brady, please eat that in the podcast. Anyways, um... So, do you guys mind if I just go first with one of my favorite Halloween Yeah, why don't, why, 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 why don't you talk about Halloween? You know what my favorite Halloween episode of any series ever has been? Hmm. It has been Avatar The Last Airbender Season 3, The Bloodbending Episode. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my gosh! That's a good one. Which is so scary. So, I typically hate seasonal episodes, whether they're like Christmas episodes or like some other thing or like mm-hmm. Halloween, because they usually take like this left turn and it really feels out of place in the context of the whole season or whatever. Right. Avatar The Last Airbender did this really well by introducing a really spooky element of the airbending world, of the, of the Avatar world, and dedicating a whole episode to it. Um, and it feels rightfully creepy, but it never feels like like this is just a side stop because it adds to the plot and it's oh, yeah. later referenced upon and even used even more. Mm-hmm. Um in, so, in the new in Legend of Korra, Legend of Korra, yeah. and even towards the end of uh, of Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. it comes up again. Um, and this is really excellent thing for people that don't know is this episode that starts out with Aang and the gang, or the gang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were great cool in the gang cover band. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the and there's kind of like all these weird, <laughs> spooky mystery going on about um, people that are just disappearing into this mountain, um, and Toph who can feel the earth, feels that there's people trapped under the mountain. Um, Such a creepy line. Ooh, so man. so there's all these like really creepy elements, and there's this creepy old lady that they meet, and then uh, they get into her backstory, how you know the, the Fire Nation took over, and she was an, a waterbender, so they they kept her like secluded away in this little metal box in a side like a volcano, and kept her without any water, um, and only fed her at a very like, specific time. And, you know, all these precautions, because she was a waterbender... And then it gets into the story about how she found out she could bloodbend, and she starts bloodbending all these little mice that are kind of around her cage, and she stands them up all straight, and it's all very creepy, and it's all very well done, and it kind of just gets to this point where she ta- she tells Katara, she teaches her how to do it, to pass on the legacy of bloodbending, and it's something that Katara doesn't want at all, 
and she's essentially forced into bloodbending in order to like save herself and her friends. And it's it's so well done. It's so creepy, and it never takes you out of the the, the season as a whole. It's I didn't realize right. it was a Halloween episode because it doesn't. They don't talk about Halloween the holiday. They don't make right. reference. They to don't. It's just like it just. What's our stop today? Oh, creepy lady villain. Exactly. All right. <laughs> and that's why I said it's it's really well done because when you watch it, when you binge it in the middle of April, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like a Halloween episode. But it did air in October okay. in its original air date. Yeah, that's a creepy episode. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's one you don't watch with the lights off. Nope. No. Like it, it it. So yeah, the whole the thing that I like about the bloodbending is first of all it's tied really closely into the established uh, lore. What does waterbending do? It controls water, controls the movement of water, mm-hmm. and so the bloodbenders are controlling the movement of the water inside a living body, and the way that it is depicted with the limbs contorting and the faces of the people who are being blood-bent, they, they look like they're in pain. And, and, it, and so it is legitimately terrifying. And one of my favorite things leading up to it, because she's she's telling Katara about this, and she's telling her, you know, as waterbenders, we have so much water around us, because you don't just need this. And she does this thing where she, like, sucks all the water out of the plants around her, and they all die instantly. And you're just like, oh, that's cool, but that's... Creepy. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, what a waste! And then it's like she's doing it to people. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, uh, I, I, I'm, yeah. So I'm I'm totally stomping on all those toes here. I think by ahead, talking no. over this. I'm, but, I'm uh, done. <laughs> oh, geez, with uh, a lot of good horror stories, um, the the horror protagonist by the end of the story has become the thing that they're afraid of, mm-hmm. and uh. The, I don't remember the, the old lady's name, the bloodbender. Her last line is, congratulations, Katara, now you're a bloodbender, or something yeah. like that. And yeah. it's and Katara is just devastated. She, like, breaks down and cries yeah. because she now has the ability to do something that is completely unconscionable and, to her. And I love it because it's something that only she experiences up to that point. And then when they call back to it when she goes and she's finding the guy that killed her father, that killed her mother, and she bloodbends him. Yeah. Um... When she's trying to kill him, and she's doing all these things that are typical waterbender things, she's you know using the rain around her, she's creating like ice spikes, and she's threatening to kill him. But then she bloodbends, and you're just like, oh yeah, this is a thing. This is oh, <laughs> this is a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's used as a very yeah. good indicator of where Katara is and and exactly what she's thinking, and what she is thinking is not pleasant. Yeah. Uh, um, so this time we're going to go in opposite order. Uh, so, Emily, what's uh, one of your favorite Halloween things? Um, this is kind of... A lot of people probably feel this way, but I like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch that movie any time of year, but Halloween's just a good time because... Well, it's obvious. And I mean, it's on ABC Family like every other movie, and you know... I just like it a lot. That's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorite Bette Midler roles, I think. I, I forget about how ever. quotable that movie is. It is! About, like, I've only seen it once in my life. Really? Yeah. Did it not interest you we watched it. after no. you watched it once? Oh, man. Maybe in the theater, a thousand times at home. Like, right. Man. It just, I think it's one of those things that like happened in the 90s where it's like, yeah, we're all on board with this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, The Sandlot, a couple other things were like... <laughs> Everybody knows about it. Everybody right. saw it. Everybody liked it. Well, there's Super so much. Really there's it. so much quirky charm with Hocus Pocus too, because I mean, it's obviously a Halloween movie. These witches are coming back from the dead. You know what I mean? It's got a really good cast of people. It's not perfectly acted by everybody, 
but everybody's got a certain charm. You Sarah know. Jessica Parker's less horse-like. Right, less horse-like. <laughs> slightly that was less mean, horse-like. But true. No, I mean, she's, it, you're that's not wrong. wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. I don't know. I just like that movie. I like uh, Gary Marshall playing Satan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw you in so this movie. His wife they is call me too. Master. You wait till I see what I'm going to call you. I remember oh, as yeah, a kid, Marshall, the number one thing that creeped me out about that movie were the witches, wasn't Satan. No, it was the book. Oh, right? yeah. Because it yeah. has an eye that moves around. With the, eye. Ooh. Yeah. the skin so cover. Yeah. Right? Ew. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Ew. <laughs> Plus, Omri Katz is really cute. So there's that. The 90s hair, you know. Who doesn't love that? It's a pretty, pretty good time. I'm sorry. I like it. Have you not seen it? Aldo has seen it one more time than I have. Oh, come I on! I have never <laughs> seen Hocus Pocus, you guys. Okay, so your your assignment this this October <laughs> is to watch Hocus Pocus. And I was completely unaffected by that news. Oh, I was Who like... were your friends in the 90s? And why didn't they force you to watch that? Brady, you were my friend in the 90s. <laughs> what did you oh, have <laughs> Consequently, you're friends in the 2010s. <sighs> Apparently not anymore. <laughs> John. You should watch it. It's good. It stars the dude who plays the dead kid before he dies. The brother. He's actually Zachary? on NCIS. Oh, really? super fun. Yeah. Oh. He plays, uh, what's his bucket? I don't watch NCIS. Oh, uh, well, uh, then never mind. I apparently don't watch NCIS enough to know his name, <laughs> but he's on it. Anyway, I like Oaks Focus. Sean, what's one of your favorite Halloween? Did you call him Sean just now? No, I think I called him John. I heard Sean. John. There was an extra J to the John. Oh, I didn't hear the J. Jean. 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 John, what are you into? I'm into stealing bread and being thrown in prison. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, sound really French right now, by the oh, way. Oh, yes, very, really it's, uh, French. very nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I run away from Javert. <laughs> I sing better than he can. <laughs> and uh, there's a little girl named Colette who likes my dolls. <laughs> and I have these uh, do, own do. Candlesticks. Who even is this? You guys seen that movie, right? No, a good movie, right? If you have not seen Lamez, none of this is going to make sense to you. And I apologize. It didn't make sense to me, but I thought it was funny. Hilarious. The girl's name is not Colette. What's funny is in the movie. Cosette. I, I had to um actually you there, but oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Her name's Cosette, but in the movie, Sasha Baron Cohen goes Colette. I was thrown off Cosette. by that. Wait. No, we were talking about yeah. I, I said the wrong dude. You know, you could have just let that. <laughs> so, so, so John, we're gonna go back. Okay, go okay. <laughs> but, uh, What are your favorite Halloween things, traditions to partake of? Uh, sorry, now I have this <laughs> mashup stuck in my head. We were talking about what if, like, Les Mis, or what if Dr. Seuss was, like, musicals, not, like, Seussical, but, like, mixed up with other, so it was, like, Horton Hears a Who meets Les Mis, and it was Master of the House, so, like, Horton Hears a Who, just a little who, nobody believes him, not the kangaroo. And <laughs> sorry, that just popped into my head from a previous... I like, I like, uh, there's a movie I really like called Young Frankenstein. That's a good uh, one. Yeah. Um, I don't really like scary, I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary things. I don't they're like. They're gross sometimes. Yeah, they're really gross. They're gory, uh, stabby. Um, you know. <laughs> you don't like getting stabbed? Not at all. Not at all. Weirdo. Um, just yeah. saying. Just yeah. kidding. I don't so, like getting stabbed either. Please don't kill me. Thanks. <laughs> 
You like put away your knife. Oh, since you don't like being stabbed, well, <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll, I'll put it away for now. <laughs> but, but this is an exception because Mel Brooks is a genius and it's hilarious. Um, he wanted to make it uh, as a salute to James Whale, who directed, you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Actually, found the guy who made all the electrical equipment for the first Frankenstein movie, and he well, the, still had it. He used all the he used the original yep. set as well. Yep, didn't he? exactly. Yeah. The, the, the props it. from that. Um, and gave him on-screen credit that he didn't get during the original uh, Frankenstein movies. Yeah. Um, but really what pushed for it, wanted this to be in black and white. He was going to make it with Columbia, and they were like, what did he say? He said, as I was leaving the meeting at Columbia, I yelled through the open door, oh, by the way, it's going to be black and white, just threw that over my shoulder. And a lot of them, there was a lot of consternation, like, no, wait, stop, no, because they didn't want it to be in black and white. Yeah. He's like, no, it has to be this, like, sweating stone castle, like, just like the old movies, it has to be like that. Columbia passed on it. Um, Alan Ladd Jr., who was um, uh, in charge at Fox, was mm-hmm. uh, picked it up and gave him the budget that he wanted. And they were like, "Yeah, black and white. It should be in black and white." He's also the ga- guy who uh, greenlit Star Wars, so right. good for him. Good job. Um, I l- a plus. It's it's. I think it's Mel Brooks' best movie. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, I think that parts of History of the World Part One are funnier because that's a really good movie. But Young Frankenstein, like start to finish, I think is his best work. Um, it's solid from beginning to end. Really. The, the rumor... <laughs> just the little stuff. Walk this way. This way. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Which, okay, this is one of the most commonly thrown around bits of trivia regarding this movie. That is where the line, walk this way, came from for the Aerosmith song. Yep. Yeah. That's right. wow. You guys probably all knew that. But now, does anyone know what Frau Blucher means? Blucher. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's got into that? <laughs> the joke, it's not true, but the joke is that Blucher means glue. <laughs> so, it, Mel Brooks went with that, even though it's not true. Um, according to the DVD, the horse's terror at her name is meant to show that she's a terrible and frightening person. And according to Gene Wilder, Lord only knows what she does to them when no one's around. Oh. <laughs> I do, I do have to say, like, one of my favorite... It's it's kind of trivia, but not Young Frankenstein trivia. It's more like I Love Raymond trivia. <laughs> but there's the Halloween episode of I Love Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Not just you. What did I say? Everybody did I loves Raymond. I, love Raymond. I do love Raymond. Gosh, I'm all sorry. those selfish you guys. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle yeah. is in, in both. Exactly. So, okay. he's, the, he's, the, he's the grandpa. I so Peter Boyle plays young plays Frankenstein plays Frankenstein's monster ah, in yeah. Young Frankenstein. Right. Thank you. Um. And he plays uh, Raymond's father in Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. One of the best parts is that there's a Halloween episode where he dresses up as Frankenstein. That's awesome. And everybody kind of like makes a little like nudge, like, nudge, when you think uh, about it. Uh, and me, as somebody who'd never seen Young Frankenstein before that, I was like, why is everybody pointing out oh, that he's Frankenstein? Like, so years later, when I saw Young Frankenstein, I was like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. <laughs> That's like, the most effort oh, I think goodness. anybody has ever put into trying to understand a joke from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> I love Raymond. <laughs> so that's that's all. Uh, Young Frankenstein, go see it. It's hilarious. Um, Gene Wilder's a genius. Did they and make it into a stage play or are they? They did. did musical. They did. It didn't, it didn't run. It ran for about two years. It's not um, super good. It's, 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 yeah. The movie's better. The songs aren't great. Right. Ma- um, Madeline Kahn is. Also, it doesn't have Madeline Kahn in it. Well, right. uh, she passed away too early. Yeah, just true. incredible. Just. Everybody in the in the movie is so talented. Yeah. Inspector Kent put his little arm. Rules the day, called himself a Frankenstein. What? He rules the day, called himself a Frankenstein. Oh, 
<laughs> Good time. So, okay. Brady, what's uh, what's your favorite Halloween? So there thing? was there was a little game that was released in 1996, and it was okay. And then it was re-released in 2002, and it was amazing. Talking about Conker's Bad Fur Day? No. <laughs> talking about Okami? I'm talking about Resident Evil. Oh, oh I see. So, the, the Resident, and specifically the Resident Evil remake on the GameCube. So, now, when Resident Evil was originally released on the PlayStation 1, you know, I played it and I thought it was okay, but, you know, it wasn't really all that... It, it wasn't really all that frightening and, you know, just the ridiculous big polygons of the PlayStation 1 just never really kind of affected me. And then they re-released it with a complete overhaul on the GameCube in 2002. And to this day, it is one of the most gorgeous games out there. And it's all because of the art design and, of course, the backgrounds are all pre-rendered. So you get away with a lot that way. But... Just the atmosphere in this game is off the charts, and it is seriously freaky. Um, so because I had played the original Resident Evil on the PlayStation 1, I knew the basic mechanics of it, you know, how everything works, you know, yeah, shoot the zombies in the head, blah, blah, blah. Terrible tank controls. Yeah, terrible tank controls. And then when I played it in 2002, I just thought, oh, okay, yeah, I I've done this before. And, you know, killed a zombie, and then went and did a bunch of stuff in another part of the mansion, then went back, and the zombie gets up and starts running, which is not something that zombies are supposed to do. I love running zombies. Especially so in Resident Evil, running and lunging at me, and I very nearly wet myself. Don't in lie. fact, he did. <laughs> He's sweating himself now, thinking about it. <laughs> Playing his PlayStation in a puddle. I'm wearing my Depends. It's okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag radius old joke. <laughs> I'm not saying he's old. I'm just saying oh. he's just, She's just saying he's a bedwetter. Right. Or, or hey, a seat wetter. I, I, I would like to point out that Stephen is an entire month older than I am. <laughs> Whoa! And yet, all the hashtag old man Bradford. Nobody has ever used the word incontinent to describe me. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. You know the real horror here. <laughs> Incontinence is not funny, guys. Did you see the visit? Oh, we're, this is a happy Halloween place. Guys, don't see the visit. I read the synopsis and it scared me. <laughs> it really, I liked it. So... We'll argue after so the podcast. So back on the subject, okay. Brady. So, so anyway, so have you played the re remake? I have not played re remake. It yet. I need to get it. So they've taken all the GameCube assets and stretched them out to 1080p for PlayStation 4, 3, Wii U computer, and all that stuff. So it's been re released for people who missed out on the on the GameCube era. And so you should go out and you should buy it for fifteen dollars. And you know, at, after after this game, you know, they released Resident Evil Zero, which was still pretty good. But then the series went a drastically different direction with Resident Evil 4, which is definitely a masterpiece. <laughs> However, I'm making sprinkle fingers over here, you guys. I really <laughs> wouldn't use masterpiece. However, <laughs> it doesn't have that atmosphere that I love so much in Resident Evil. Yeah, it's true. Doesn't make you so, pee your pants. Great. Uh, okay, does anybody have anything to say about this? Because I mean, I love it. I've played the the remake on the GameCube. 
That's I'm one of those games I'm that I just kind of watch. games like that. No, thank you. It, <laughs> it's actually probably one of the first games that like, made You'll me scared. I mean, because you were, I don't know how old you were when you first played the 1996 version. Well, it came out in 2002, so I would have been 17, 18. Okay, so when the when the 1996 one came out, like the play, the terrible PlayStation one, I was like six years old. I didn't. I watched my uncle play it, and he locked me in a room, turned all the lights off, had really oh, loud speakers, no. and I sat there, and I couldn't leave that room until he finished playing. And there was the part where it's like a really long hallway, and you're kind of walking. Yeah. Yes! I cried. I cried, and I went under the bed, and that's where Aww. I stayed. I love that you're not afraid to admit any of this. No. I, I'm glad that you feel safe in this environment, although... Yeah, it's not like we're recording this for other people to hear. Yeah, it's not like we're going to post this online. <laughs> Anyways, Stephen, <laughs> you being so brave, what's one of your favorite uh, Halloween things to partake of? So it's funny that Brady mentions uh, Resident Evil, because I, too, want to talk about a scary video game. I've got a holy trinity. There are three video games that I hold up as being, like, the greatest horror games ever made. One of them is the aforementioned Resident Evil 4. Not necessarily a great horror game in the sense that it is actually scary, but it is a great video game that has a lot of horror elements. Right. I'm also a big fan of Fatal Frame 2, which oh. I was really, really, really tempted to talk mm -hmm. about, because it's the video game that makes you stare at the things that are scaring right. you. But it's topical, because we just had a Wii U game come out. That said, I have to talk about the game that is so good and so scary that I will never, ever, ever play it again, and that would be Silent Hill 2. Oh, oh man. Terrible. Oh, Silent Hill 2 is a classic, frequently regarded to be the greatest horror game ever made. Mm -hmm. Um... And I came to it because I used to read the website Games Radar, and they had mm -hmm. a an article um, that outlined the best video game stories of all time. This was written in, like, 2010, so a lot of games have come out since then with killer storylines. But it mentioned games like Final Fantasy VI, which is my all-time favorite video game, and it mentioned Silent Hill 2. And just reading their synopsis made me interested enough in it that I bought it. As my first horror game. Oh, no. Um, unlike the Resident Evil games where you play as basically a police officer and so you know where to shoot the zombie, mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2, the combat controls are terrible. Yes. And that is a... Not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah. Because you are a normal person that is wandering through this town that is filled with these shambling, faceless abominations, and you are no better prepared to kill them than you, the video game player, would actually be if you wandered into a foggy town full of faceless abominations and strangely busty nurses. Right. Um, but, <laughs> actually, since you bring that up, it's actually one of my favorite aspects of... Oh, yeah, I was totally going to get into okay. this. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead, though. No, so you said that... It's the busty each... nurses? Yeah. Yes, there's so a point actually, to this. There is. So one of the great things about each of the Silent Hill games, this is something the movie didn't understand, is that each of the Silent Hill games plays on, like, the psychology of, its, of, the, of the main character. So that's why Silent Hill 1 is very different to number two and as far as the enemies that they have I think the only constant in the games is Pyramid Head but he acts differently in each of the games um, so there's a lot of kind of implied sexual problems with the protagonist of Silent Hills 2 that oh, yeah. never, they're never really like shut in your face but as you play and like you, you realize oh this, this is how he sees Silent Hill this is how he perceives the monsters and blah 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 and you start going like oh Oh, there's layers to this character. Yeah, it, this might be a spoiler, guys. This might be a bit of a spoiler. I don't. It's been so long since I played the, the game. Fifteen-year-old game. Um, yeah, again, this is like a fifteen, twenty-year-old game. So you know, this is on you. But um, James Sunderland, the protagonist of Silent Hill Two, his wife is—I think she's missing at the beginning. But I don't think it takes very long for you to find out that she's been sick. 
And so Pyramid Head, who is the iconic Silent Hill villain, mm-hmm. um, this this big guy with a bare chest and a giant metal pyramid mask that Thank you. rags okay. on the floor. I saw that at, co- at, like, at Comic Con. Co- yeah. I was like, why are they? Why? It's a Pyramid Head. It's okay. a Silent two- Hill Two villain. Pyramid Head is. Um, the representation of James Sunderland's sexual frustration that he can't sleep with his wife because she is sick. So it, it deals with this really petty side of your character. And there's some, uh, just so many great mechanics, a great atmosphere. Yeah. That's a game that you play with the lights off and you hate yourself the entire time. Right. It, is, it is legitimately that's, terrifying. And that's why it bugs me that when they did this, the Silent Hill movie, they have a completely different protagonist, but they have all the iconic Silent Hill 2 stuff that is aesthetically, it doesn't match because that's not what she would be seeing. Because the whole point is that every protagonist sees uh, Silent Hill differently. Right. So I've tried to play Silent Hill 2 again. I'll, I'll stick the disc <laughs> in the PlayStation 2. I'll turn it on. I'll start walking down. There's the, At the very beginning of the game, there's this long path that you're walking down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fog. You can't see anything. And you hear dogs howling in the distance. Nothing actually attacks you during this scene. But I'm just like, Nope. Can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, I have this very vivid memory of watching my older brother play that game and that particular beginning part of the game. I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> so so It's Com- so vivid in my head, like I could still... Anyway. At Comic-Con, there was a 12-year-old girl dressed up as Pyramid Head. Oh, and I look at her and I say... Either your parents don't know what sort of media you're consuming or they don't care... Either way, your parents are terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but simultaneously awesome. <laughs> Somebody paid for that mask. Right. Yeah. I, so, can, can I just make a recommendation? Yeah. Um, and this is a really divisive game, but based on what you enjoy about Silent Hill 2, I'd suggest Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I was going to say Eternal Darkness. <laughs> oh, Eternal Darkness as well. That's a... That's a, um, that's a but Silent Hill Shattered Memories, it's... It's different than the other than this other Silent Hills games where it, it you really do not have a weapon. Yeah, you see evil things, you run, yeah. and but, that's about it. But that one, you don't have any weapons because it's designed that way. Mm-hmm. It's you, it's not meant to have any combat whatsoever, and that actually bugs me. I'd rather have terrible combat. Than no combat. Yeah, because at least with the terrible combat, you can get that sort of adrenaline fight or flight. Uh, Situation. And, and then yeah. when you're when you're caught in the corner, you can fight, and you might actually have a chance of surviving because that's pretty true to horror too. Right. But one one thing that I do love about Shattered Memories though is that the game plays off of what of how you play it on a psychological level. So like, let's say that you see you know a poster of you know a beautiful woman in a bikini, and you linger a little bit too long on that screen then the game remembers that, and it plays towards that, and it kind of changes yeah. the game around it. All of and Silent it's Hill, actually really cool. Silent Hill 2 does that in a remarkable way that is very definitely a spoiler, and so I kind of don't want to say it. Um, there's also a dog that controls everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the gag <laughs> so ending for yeah, Silent Yeah, there's multiple yeah. endings. Like To add to the fear of this, of playing it once, there's also multiple endings to force you to play it more times. And one of them is a joke where Sunderland walks into this control room, and there is a dog at a station with multiple keyboards and TVs. And he says, I knew it! And then they roll the credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like scary things. <laughs> okay, so if you, you can play Mario or play Harvest Moon. <laughs> the only bad thing that can happen in Harvest Moon is you can Moon. kill your cow, and then it's a sad scene. That's it. 
You can be turned see, down I don't know by Harvest the village moon. girl. Oh, you that's true. That's true. If, if you Harvest don't get Karen drunk enough. I see Sailor Moon in my head. <laughs> that would be a Sailor Moon with like a hole in the rake. That would be great. You have Usagi running out of her house with a piece of toast to go like... Pull the cabbage. Well, that like would be a great game, yeah. Sailor Harvest Moon. Yeah. I would totally play this. I would, too. Anyways. <laughs> Woo. So, uh, time for round two of uh, everybody's favorite Halloween things. Ooh. Um, My second favorite Halloween thing to enjoy ever has been uh, Harry Potter. Uh, mm. And it's kind of weird That's because... That's all year. What are you I mean, talking it is about? all year, but, like, specifically... Every day. Specifically, <laughs> Harry Potter 1 has a very... I don't want to say oh, yeah. Halloween vibe, but it does have a little bit of, like... You know Halloween these things? and Christmas. So yeah. It's magical. It has, like, John this, it has this whole thing right, where like it, is. it should be spooky Curse because we're talking about witches and trolls and ghouls and like headless troll, and stuff troll like that. in the dungeon. But but it turns it around and like it does it does these things. I mean the book. I mean you know the the book is the best probably part. Oh, yeah. But I love the movie because the movie kind of commits to this whole. This is supposed to be like a Halloween, like witches and ghosts are supposed to be a Halloween thing. Mm -hmm. So they have their cloaks, and I think it's only in the first and second movie that you ever see these kids with their little witch hats. Mm -hmm. uh, they're mentioned several times in the movies, but in the in the in the books, but in the movies, I think you only see them like in the first two movies, and then somebody realized, you know, those look kind of stupid in real life. <laughs> um, there was also a different director, but you know that too, who probably said those look stupid in real life. Um, but it. it it does all these things, and I just really enjoy it. And I, the music, I think, is not—it's not spooky. It's whimsical, but like in a Halloween. It's John Williams. Kind of there, there's well, certainly some some minor. Yeah. I—I right. uh, I don't really know music, so I'm probably going to use the term wrong. But like minor chord progressions. There's, there's yeah. certainly some. Yeah. Some yeah. spookiness and, to that score. And I kind of love it, especially because like uh, the second and third one really kind of go full on with the this is a spooky mystery. And then there's a whole movie dedicated to spiders, so that can go burn in fire. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's just me. I just love Harry Potter. Um, and I think it's that's because you're an intelligent person. Audio books is the best. Yes, but Jim Dale. Jim Dale. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So. Jim Dale. Yeah, hundreds of voices. Like that's that's yeah. Have, have you ever seen Pushing Daisies? I don't care for it. The facts of the Okay, well, the narrator in Pushing Daisies is the guy who does the audiobooks. Oh, okay. And he does a different voice for every character, and it's a better performance of the three main characters than anybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, they were like ten, so... Mm -hmm. You guys are going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emily, what's, uh, what's your second Halloween well, joy? Um, Curtis brought something up that he believes is a very good Halloween-y thing, if not an all-year thing, so I'm going to talk about it for you. <laughs> I don't play this game, so it doesn't pertain to me, but it's a very good suggestion. Oh, Curtis's Alien, is great. Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. That oh. game. Um, Do tell. I have no idea. Well, he mentions that it's a good mix of, like Stephen was talking about, that fight-or-flight kind of reflex. <laughs> it's super scary. And the thing about that game, too, is the alien, like, learns Ooh. as you're going... So, what, like, if you try to hide in the same place every time, it's gonna it, find it you the next you. time. So, well, that's pretty scary. So, you never really know what you're gonna get. You have to try to get yourself out of these situations before you die. It also learns like your tactics really well. So, if you if you start like throwing a can to make noise over there, after a certain point, it's gonna go like, all right, I've heard that can like twelve times now. No, <laughs> like, no, not going that way. Gonna go where I was going before. And also the oh, the save system also adds to like the terror of it. Mm -hmm. Because you can only save like at these terminals, so 
you have to go and you have to like brave it because it's usually like in front of like an open area. So you have to run through this open area, hope that the alien doesn't see you, and so you can press save and hope that the animation finishes. Right. There's been a lot of people <laughs> because a lot of people die during the animation and their game does not save. Yeah. That's hilarious. So it adds to like real terror as opposed to like in-game terror. What else is scary about it is like the thing about. You know, music makes things scary, whatever, but the absence of sound, too. Yes. Like, Indeed. when it's totally silent and you're just lost in your own thoughts, mm. like, that's really scary. And that game emphasizes that in, a lot. In space, nobody can hear you scream. Right? Tagline Yeah. That's scary thinking about I, it. I think one of the things it does really well is they put a lot of dedication into making it look and feel like the original ship from the movie. So if you've seen yes. this... It, it kinda, looks like the Nostromo. Yeah. It just, it adds to that level. I oh, can, yeah. I can see Curtis's face. He's smiling. <laughs> he refuses to speak. <laughs> you so if I add one thing to this, Alien Isolation <laughs> sounds better than any other game ever made. I'll tell you why. Because in Ridley Scott's original Alien, the sound designers that he hired for the Nostromo, they recorded 12 hours worth of sound for each and every room in the Nostromo. Wow. The Nostromo sounds different. If you turned off of turned off the video of Alien and turned off the dialogue, you could hear what room they are in. Really? Those same sounds are used in Alien Isolation. That's cool. And it is so subconscious that it it terrifies me anyway. Ridley Scott's Alien is, in my opinion, one of the better sci-fi horror movies ever made, if not the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. And then I wanted to touch on, um, I like Tim Burton movies all year. Any day, really. But <laughs> Halloween's a good time to watch those. That's all. Yeah. He did officially, he did officially go on record. Henry Selleck did, not Tim Burton. Oh, was it? Henry Selleck, the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, officially indicated that it is a Halloween movie, not a Christmas movie. I'm still going to watch it both times this year. He, like, got up and said, enough is enough. Look, he just produced it. I directed it. I'm sure sometimes he's like, look, guys, here's the deal. This is my movie. He just wrote the kid's book. Right? That's funny. So if you were wondering, Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't really watch, watch it. Watch it all the year anyway, because do. why does that matter? Yeah. But it's mostly because I don't like Christmas do, media. Do, do, um, so, John. I'm surprised that we got around the table once and back to me without anyone mentioning The Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. <laughs> oh, the only oh, episodes of The Simpsons that my parents would let me watch when I was growing up really? were the most disturbing ones. <laughs> the funniest, you know, my favorite that I'm going to talk about right now, Treehouse of Horror 5. Mm-hmm. This is the shinning. <laughs> this is with um, Willie in right each of them. Oh, it's not the best you can do. He gets axed in the back every time. Oh, that <laughs> is that great. This is very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's also is yeah. it great F meat? Is that fifth treehouse? That's the one where I they forget the names of all of them. They eat the kids. Yeah. yeah. So great F meat. Uderbrotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also Homer goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no. All right, just remember, think back to your wedding day when the advice your father gave to you. If you ever go back in time, don't step on anything. <laughs> it's, it's so sad because there's he gets to the future where Patty and Selma are dead. They're rich and prosperous. The kids are well-behaved. 
and they don't know what donuts are, and he leaves and goes back in the time machine, and then it starts raining donuts, and it's just, oh, it's so sad every time. <laughs> Why don't you stay, Homer? But particularly the, the shinning um, cracks me up every time. So mm-hmm. so great, just no TV and no ma- no beer, make Homer something something. Yeah, crazy. Don't, don't mind, mind if I do. Oh. Just so good. So good. Actually, one of one of my favorite ones is the one where he finds like the portal behind the bookcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. also he, one of my favorite. He goes in. Uh, anyone see the movie Tron? No, 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 no. Ass. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's uh, actually the episode that made me watch Tron. Really? Because I was part of the no. I still <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't seen Tron. I liked Tron Legacy. I think Have I was not, the only one. Oh, I I, I actually really like. Do you yeah, want me to let yeah. you borrow Tron? I have the DVD. I don't know. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> you should see it once. But, yeah, that's true. But I, um, yeah, Simpsons like just some of those Halloween episodes because they're you know a lot quicker paced. The jokes come faster. You know, yeah. like when when they run over Flanders with the car. He's right. Like, hey, Mud Diddley. <laughs> he's like, oh, I thought you were. He's like, yeah. Uh, if I do die, I don't want any autopsies, <laughs> and throws him off the roof. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think on that note, like it's not not just like tighter and faster, but I think because each of the you know episodes has like a a, a very tight theme to it. Yeah. I think the jokes also just mesh a lot better. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't feel as random as some episodes do. Um, so yeah. my personal favorite Treehouse of Horror segment is. The Dracula, oh, with with, with Mr. Burns, <laughs> and and the super fun slide. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't, but when will I ever have another chance? <laughs> I like when he's staking him, and he's like, "That's his crotch." I follow the Simpsons thing. Instagram. It's just the Simpsons IG, and they do. Like fifteen second clips, and that was the one the other day. Right? Oh my gosh! So funny. Yeah, you're staking him in the crotch. <laughs> anyway, oh, I also like the Raven episode. That one was that. Oh yeah, yeah. narrated by. But was it a praise? No, uh, no, James Earl Jones. Oh, Ooh. oh. Yeah. James Earl Jones. This is most disturbing. Like <laughs> he comes back every now and again. <laughs> Right. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, Curtis just snapped his neck, and like that's one of those things I hate. There's like bone popping, crackling sounds. Ugh. Yeah, you oh. didn't like uh, the Man of Steel movie, did you? Uh, hey uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm still bitter. should have killed Zod <laughs> <laughs> first, before they wrecked the city. <laughs> should have saved his dad and killed Zod. <laughs> there are so many feels that Curtis is having right now. Oh like, my gosh. Curtis is agreeing with you. He's no, going no, to no. kill me. No, no, no. He's agreeing with you. Curtis is a glass case of emotion right now. <laughs> I have never <laughs> wanted more for this podcast to be a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so much bad. Eventually, we will have a podcast dedicated to hatred of Man of Steel. I think I think we should <laughs> have all bad. I think we should not invest in one of those stuff is really 3D bad. cameras, yeah, like not the 3D cameras, like one of those cameras that do the 360 view. Right. Oh, yeah. We should <laughs> what, are we in the, that 70s show yeah. we're all going to get lit and talk I mean, about like what are they talking about? If you're down, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> so it runs on water. Brady. Oh. What's uh, what's your second particular Halloween joy? So I'm I'm going to go with a movie that really isn't the best overall movie, but for some reason, this one really sticks out to me as a horror movie that I love, and That's that it. is The Skeleton Key. Hmm. That's I've never heard of it. Okay. 
The Skeleton King? Or the Skeleton, the skeleton key. key. with uh, And it's, it's starring Kate Hudson and uh, John Hurt, that never says anything the entire movie. Yep. But she actually plays a stay-at-home hospice nurse for John Hurt, who's dying. And there's just something that's kind of off about John Hurt's wife. Oh, this has one of those creepy posters where it's the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but the the whole the whole movie revolves around because it takes place in the South, and it revolves around voodoo. Mm-hmm. Oh. And basically, the main theme of of the movie is that you can't be affected by voodoo if you don't believe in it. Oh. And so it's basically. Kate Hudson seeing all these things and having things happen to her that make her slowly believe more and more in voodoo until the very end when things happen. And I'm not going to ruin it too much, but it is, it's phenomenally acted, it's well-written, it's fun, and it is genuinely scary without going for the jump scares or the gore. Right. And so it's thrilling. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite Kate Hudson movies. John Hurt is in Harry Potter, Alien, and that movie. Wait, who's in, who's in Harry, Harry Potter? Potter? Ollivander. Ollivander. Oh, oh my no. gosh. <laughs> my mind is blown. Also, I met Bishop once. And, and he's also the war doctor. Yep. Curtis and I have many a conversation about best actors in movies. John Hurt's very close to the top of most of our lists. And of course, he's in Hellboy. Right. He's Ollivander! He's, he's just a good... back here like, wait, He's no. a good Halloween actor, I guess. Yeah. What the what? He's a good actor, period. <laughs> Six degrees to John Hurt, guys. Right? It's really easy. <laughs> All right, then. Sounds Shot like it's my entire universe. It really sounds like now I could connect things to John Hurt more easily than Kevin Bacon. Uh, nowadays, yeah. 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 Hey, Steven. Hey, Aldo. What's your second uh, Halloween joy to partake of? Okay, so I'm going to talk about something that I've been into over the last month. This is serious. Um, you, pe- you people can't see this, but he just closed his notepad. I just closed my iPad. He's ready <laughs> I am ready for this. This is serious discussion. I have watched this show three or four full times through in the last month, um, and this is a brand new thing for me. I just heard about it. It's apparently about a year old. Last year, Cartoon Network put out a miniseries, which is not something that Cartoon Network generally does, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Oh, is it? I think I know what it is. It's called Over the Garden Wall. I had never heard of this before. I went to Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con, and there were all these people walking around in pairs. One of them was dressed like a garden gnome with like a blue coat and a red pointy hat, and the other one was dressed in green overalls with a teapot upside down on their head. I had no idea what this was about. I thought it was from some anime or something. Oh, is that what that's about? Because I saw that at Anime Bonzo, yeah. the upside down thing. Yeah, it's, it's over the garden wall. It's, it's about two brothers. Uh, the oldest brother is named Wurt. And the younger brother is named Gregory, and they are lost in the forest. And it is ten, uh, fifteen-minute episodes that tell the story about them being lost in the forest and trying to find their way back home. Um, and it's kind of a bizarre movie. It takes place in the season change between mm-hmm. fall and winter, and it has a real sort of dread 
underlying all of the episodes. I mean, it does have some funny stuff. Greg, the younger brother, has candy in his pants, and he throws candy trails. And he has a frog that he carries around with him, and he spends the entire series trying to come up with a name for the frog. Mm-hmm. And he calls him Kitty, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin. Um, what is the... Dr. Kumquat or something. Like, he comes up with all these bizarre names. So there's certainly some funny stuff in it. But there's also a dark, shadowy monster lurking behind the trees called the Beast, voiced by this bass opera singer. And every now and again, as the episode's about to close, you hear him singing, La 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 la! La 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 la! And it's just really bombastic, but also kind of frightening. Um, voice cast includes Elijah Wood. Good. Christopher Lloyd. That's definitely good. Um, John Cleese and Tim Curry, both of whom voice women. Uh, I can buy that. Yeah, anyway. The, so it's not, like I say, strictly horror themed or Halloween themed from the get go, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, like, Things not being quite what they seem. The second episode it takes place in a village where jack-o'-lanterns are walking around and throwing a harvest festival. Um, the music is really kind of bizarre. The the aesthetic of the show is set in this like late nineteenth, early twentieth century. So the music is a lot of like ragtime to mm-hmm. it. A lot of the cartoons feel like uh, sort of the silly symphonies era where the animation is very rubbery. Um, and the fashion sense is, is very dated as well. Most of the characters are dressed up in, like, late 19th century, early 20th century clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the creator of the show has his pedigree from Adventure Time, and I've often said that the best thing that, about Adventure Time is not Adventure Time itself, but it's all the shows that it sort of spawned. spawned. Adventure Time opened the door for something like Over the Garden Wall to exist. This is exactly the type of show that I want to be seeing from American animation, because for so long, American animation has been either the adult comedies, adult, uh, using scare quotes, like The Simpsons or Futurama or Family Guy, or that's been strictly for children fair. Right. But it's almost universally comedy. This is not a comedy. Again, even though there is some funny stuff in it, it's dark, it's a little off-putting, it's really well animated, the music is very well thought out, really intricately crafted piece of, of media, and gonna be a Halloween tradition for me from here on out. It is that good, and I love it. Awesome. Sweet. I was glad to know where the costumes come from. For yeah. Comic-Con. Yeah, that one baffled me. I still don't know, like, the, the blue faces, the black hair, the orange and yellow antennas. It's Homestuck! I don't know what that is. Neither do I. It's a terrible community. <laughs> is it anime? No, no it's, it's, it's a webcomic. Sort of oh. a webcomic. It's a terrible webcomic. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it's a terrible webcomic. I've Sorry, never I didn't want to I, take away from Over the Garden Wall. Just Homestuck fans are super passionate. That, that was one that was bothering me to oh, the point where over I, the place. I asked someone what yeah. they were, and it turns out that's a mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they will tell oh, you. Oh, <laughs> no, so, I hate everything about Homestuck except the passion that they have. Oh their, yeah, good for them. For, yeah, like yeah. if you can make something that gives that kind of like cultivates yeah. that kind of also, people. I'm not 12 years old, so please don't get angry at me when I ask you what the crap you are. Yeah, please. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Instead, take that opportunity to try to suck me into this. Yeah. Apparently, I'll convert wonderland. you to my fandom. Yeah. Which Homestuck fans seem to be really into doing. Which they fail at. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyways, oh my gosh, and we're back to me, but we're done, because we've done two of our favorite Halloween things. I'm surprised nobody 
actually said, like, I mean, Emily and I kind of talked about it a bit, but nobody actually said uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, nobody actually claimed that one. I, or, just, I love that movie all the time. I like the character design of it. I like the songs all right. I actually don't want to watch the movie when it comes up. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love the character design of it, though, but I'd rather just, like, check out some drawings and hear I love Yeah, it's it almost a better visual than a movie soundtrack. in a lot of yeah. ways. And here's the soundtrack. And the soundtrack is good, and I love Jack Skellington's voice. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Yeah, the, the uh, singing voice, yeah. yeah. Do you guys ever listen to that covers album they did? Of? No, yes. I didn't know that. Yes. yes. It was fun. That sounds pretty awesome. It was awesome. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's got, like, uh... The heavy metal Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Let's go. Marilyn Manson, Fall Out Boy, all that crap. But it also has uh, Rodrigo. Oh, Fiona Gabriela. Apple does a really good cover Who? of Sally's song. Uh, which is Rodrigo and Gabriela, they're a brother sister duo from Mexico that do uh, guitar and they do uh, Oogie Boogie song. Yeah, oh, and cool. it sounds fantastic yeah, the way they do it. Sounds pretty good. It does. Uh, I'll let you. We'll listen to it after the podcast. Turns out I'm not crazy. While I did not know that John Hurt was in Harry Potter. I did know that he was in this King Lear production that I saw, <laughs> and I knew that the guy who was in King Lear was the guy who was in Harry, po- Harry Potter. Yeah. I did not know that that was John That was the Hurt. same oh. yeah. Now. So we've completed a loop. Circle made. <laughs> Man. It's a full circle. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, I, mean, I like circles. That's a good movie. shape. Anyway. So, should we talk about what's coming out in the month? Um, yeah, so... We've had actually quite a few games come out this month because this is the time of year where games come out. And Imagine that. So That's with that, a couple of highlights. We have Rock Band 4, which if you like the Rock Bands, this is apparently a good one. My problem with Rock Band 4 is that I owned Rock Bands 1 through 3 on the Wii because that was my party system. And when they announced it for... Xbox One and PS4, but not Wii U, that means that none of my stuff will transfer, so I don't get to keep any of my DLC and I can't use my instruments, so that kind of made it so that I'm not interested in buying yeah. it, even though it's been getting great reviews. I, on the other hand, have everything for the PS3. <laughs> well, so, isn't that just special? Sounds like we should probably do a rock band night at some point when Aldo decides to buy something. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Transformers Devastation. Yes. I have to give a shout-out, too, because it's by Platinum Games, and I love Platinum Games. And it looks fantastic. It, I, and it's based off of the 80s cartoon, the and not G1 anything modern. Yeah. You mean it doesn't have Megan Fox in it? I'm not interested. So. I mean, they lost me right there. Because that was really sarcasm, you guys. I not just from really Aldo, it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm generally against re-releases from you know, just the previous generation. However, this one, I do have to say, I love these games so much that it deserves another purchase, and that's Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. I, I would not agree with that. I, I think if you have a PS3, you're off, you're fine picking up just the regular trilogy. I don't think it's worth a remake. However, if you sold your PS3 as part of getting your PS4... <laughs> then you missed your chance. Now move on. Just kidding. <laughs> My goodness. Just kidding. It's an excellent game. If you haven't played it, play it. (laughs) Um, Also, Yoshi's Woolly World, which looks like the most adorable game. It looks way cute. I need that amiibo. I don't even have the game. I need that amiibo. Oh, the the amiibo for it is wonderful because it actually is made of yarn. (laughs) It's the cutest thing ever. Um, Since we're talking about Halloween stuff, and we actually mentioned that this came out, Fatal Frame... Made in a black water. Yeah, the game that is too big for many Wii U players to actually download. <laughs> that cracks me up. 
But I, I actually have set, I, I set the free to play because you can play the first chapter. I think it is for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like it's a demo, and so I actually have that right now upstairs on my Wii U, and I can't wait to have some time when the kids are asleep and my wife is okay with me playing games to actually try it out because I'm not going to play it in front of my kids. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, no, what? No, no, that's no. not a good game for kids. I know. Surprising. I don't think there's a Weird. better game for kids. What are you going to show like, them? Obviously. What are you going to show them? Mario? <laughs> That's not family friendly at all. Get have, out of here. have we mentioned Triforce Heroes? Because that came out. It did. Yes, it that, did. That, that, was actually that came out mentioned. yesterday. Uh, yeah, Zelda Triforce Heroes, which I really want to try, but I'm not ready to buy another 3DS game yet. Well, I hope you have exactly two friends when you want to play it. I know, seriously. <laughs> So, so basically, basically, eventually, Aldo, Steven, and I can play it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually thinking of upgrading to a new 3DS. Ooh. I love mine. And that's just fancy. Um, also, I'm being right now. Assassin's Creed Syndicate, because Ubisoft's going to Ubisoft. <laughs> I'm just happy they went back to single player. Yeah. Like, strike single player. I like it. So, I'm a big fan of Telltale Games. I I love the stuff that they put out, and one of the best series that they put out in a while is Tales from the Borderlands, which finished up this month with episode five. I definitely recommend going and giving it a shot. It's clever, it's fun. If you don't know who Telltale Games are, they're the ones who basically snatched up a lot of the old um, Lucas games, rights, Like Sam and Max, they made the new Sam and Max games. They also made the Walking Dead games, which are fantastic. And so this is kind of in the same style. It's funny. Definitely recommend it. And last but not least, unless you're like us, and as you know from our E3 podcast, we really don't care about the Xbox One, Halo 5. (laughs) (laughs) If I had money, I would care. But I've decided to not, you know. I just don't like paying $500 for a paperweight. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Strong words. I, I I bought an Xbox 360. It is the most expensive footstool I've ever purchased. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my thing. You know, I I might have eventually gotten an Xbox One for really Halo Five, but they completely took out local multiplayer. Yeah. And a Halo game without local multiplayer is not a Halo game. It's a game with toxic twelve year olds. Yeah, and, like, and I seriously. do not want to, <laughs> My mother is a decent lady. That. So, yeah. Halo is why we need gun control. Five <laughs> uh, year olds are learning how so, to shoot each other and swear at each other. I, I mentioned it a while back. <laughs> I, I think most of us here love comic books. To some extent or another, some certainly. Uh, Wait, and comic, comic books? What is this? What, what are you the, saying right they're now? They're books with pictures in them, guys. Oh, <laughs> so the monster on the other side of the page or whatever that one was called? The monster at the end of this yes. book, Emily. I'm sorry. It's Grover. What? I'm sorry. I don't even oh, sure, know. now you ruined the ending to the book. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert for a 30-year-old children's book. Now you're going to tell me what Harold does with his purple crayon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he draws with it. Anyway, so, ah. <laughs> so Secret Wars was... Kind of technically over last month. <laughs> so October is the month of all new, all different Marvel. So if you've ever wanted to get into Marvel, that was an excellent time. If I you, might... just, you won't recognize any of the characters from the movies, because no. they're not the characters from the movies, if, but still. If I might recommend some stuff, uh, the new Iron Man is a fantastic entry point. Uh, and new... he is still Tony Stark. He is still Tony Stark. Yes. 
Uh, Doctor Strange, also magnificent. He is still Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. <laughs> uh, excellent entry point if you've ever if you're curious about him because the movie's coming up. Um, I it's kind of hard to recommend X Men because there's like seven X X Men titles right now. But if uh, you say that like that's somehow unusual, right? right? Yeah, I was gonna say I was reading all new X Men, X Men, Astonishing X Men, Wolverine and the X Men. I do, I do recommend and uh, Uncanny X Men. Altogether. I, I do. So you weren't reading X Factor or X Force? No, I was. No. <laughs> um, but I would recommend Amazing X Men, which I think should be coming out at the end of the month. Which is a old man Logan with, uh, with from the from with all was it all new Jean Grey, who's from the past, so she's not technically all new. So there's Jean Grey from the past and Wolverine from the future meeting in the present and having wacky hijinks. Yes, that's amazing. That's actually yes. <laughs> That's why you need a whole podcast to understand the X. This yeah. is why there are seventy-five and counting episodes of Rachel and Miles. <laughs> yeah. and they're not going anywhere. Um, no. so, 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 guys, as a side note, from someone who is not into comic books at all, can you tell me why I should be excited for the two new series that two new TV series that were announced for X Men? Oh, so, the, so there was the Hellfire Club and Hellfire Legion. Hellfire Club and Legion, yeah. Legion. Oh, so Legion is Charles Xavier's son. He's a mutant, right? But what it is, is he has multiple personalities, and they all are in his head. And when they do it in the comic, it shows, like, you know, someone gets trapped in there, and it's like a crowded room full of people. Whoever is in control of Legion, that's what powers he has. So his different personalities have different powers. Okay. He's a little crazy, he's a little unstable, and so... He created the Age of Apocalypse universe, which is one of the 90s oh, things to happen in the right. 90s. I forgot about so, that. So, yeah. Yeah. So... I, I'm excited it for... Could, it could go a lot of interesting directions. And so, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for that one because the showrunner for that is Noah Hawley, who the only things that he's done in the past have been Fargo, the Fargo TV series. Mm, the showrunner it's in for good that. hands. It's in good hands. That actually yeah. seems, having seen Fargo, that's actually a pretty good fit for the character of Legion. And, and the Hellfire, what was it called? Hellfire, Hellfire Club. Club. Okay, Hellfire. It's, um... How do you... It's a, so it, the Hellfire Club is... It'd be like Mad Men with mutants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Especially, oh my god. That's the January best Jones. elevator pitch. But with no January Jones, though. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. So the Hellfire Club is this evil organization of mutants, which is where you get... They're not uh, all mutants. No, yeah, they're not all mutants. No, but most... But most of them are. Yeah. They are now, it's, it's but now. they weren't when they were yeah. created. So it's this organization... Well, and now it's ran by little kids that yeah. I've heard of. Yes. It's like yes, that secret society that... Uh, um, Mike Myers' dad talks about, well, everything in the world, including the papers, is controlled by a secret <laughs> society <laughs> yeah. in Colorado known as the Meadows. Who's in this uh, pentablet? No, it's, that's where they're, they're called, the pentablet. Yeah. So who's in this pentablet? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tets up. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. We beady eyes and a smug look on his face. Oh, you're gonna buy my chicken. Oh, <laughs> Dad, how can you hate the Colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly. Smart, Alec. <laughs> so that secret society. <laughs> yeah, and the men all dress up in like Regency era costumes, and the yeah. women all dress up in BDSM gear. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I know, you know every day. for kids. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, it's kind of like they're they're all trying to like be the secret influence behind power. And they're all really wealthy and I would, naughty. Yeah. <laughs> I would also recommend picking up uh, Spider Gwen, who has been re rebooted. Uh, picking up Miss Marvel, who has also been rebooted, and is really? still probably one of the most Same, charming characters still, in all of it's comics. It's still Kamala Khan, yes. right? Okay. Uh, Squir- I mean, not to give away her secret identity or anything. <laughs> uh, Squirrel Girl. 
Uh, yeah. are, honestly, uh, I, I think three of the best Marvel books are have like young teenage uh, protagonists. So I, I have a pitch to turn Professor X into a teenage girl. I'll tell you about it sometime. <laughs> I'm sold already. Um, Me too. But if I but if I were to recommend anything else, I would recommend Amazing Spider-Man, which continues uh, Peter Parker's legacy as Spider-Man, and I believe it's just called Spider-Man. The, not he, the Amazing Spider-Man? No, not Amazing just, Spider-Man. It's just Spider-Man. So be sure to, to tell this to your comic book guy that you're looking for Spider-Man, not Amazing Spider-Man, because Spider-Man has, is about Miles Morales' uh, new life in the oh. new universe. Um, and if you really want to, you can pick up Spidey, which is all about Peter Parker in his teenage years. We didn't. We have enough of that already. Not really, actually. Forty no. years? No, 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 no. No, actually, <laughs> actually most of... Uh, actually, I think about 90% of Spider-Man takes place after... His uh, teenage high school years. No, the good stuff, though, all takes place in his high school it years. It does, though. Um, do we want to do movies? Yeah. Because i got some movies. There are some movies coming yeah. out. Uh, I'm very excited because I uh, bought my tickets already. Best seats in the IMAX theater. All, all said, like, the ones I wanted forever, and it finally worked out. I'm going to go see Spectre. And I've only Ooh. kind of watched the trailers for this one. I haven't studied them. I haven't, like, tried to figure it out because I don't want to ruin any surprises or anything. But they, the Eon Productions got the rights back to Spectre, which is the evil organization that James Bond would fight against in some of the old movies. Mm-hmm. So they're back. The same day is when the Peanuts movie comes out. Oh, uh, which I really want to see it. You know, I do it. I, just, I yeah. feel like it's going to make me so happy, yeah. and then I'll feel happy for, like, a I, week. Because I, I think that they were able to, like, you know, animate it in, like, a new way while also still, like, giving the, it the kind of feel of the comic. I, yeah. I, I think that the second that I hear, ba-da-da-da-da-da, ba-da-da-da-da-da, yeah. that I, my heart will just I was out. watching, like, a behind-the-scenes trailer thing for, for Peanuts, and one of, the, one of my favorite things they said is they spent, like, two, like, a month and a half or, like, two months... Like, just watching Peanuts cartoons, trying yeah. to figure out how to emulate the animation style mm-hmm. without it making it feel outdated or cheap. Yeah. It's Blue Sky. They do good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, also, the same day uh, coming out, Brian Cranston's in a movie called Trumbo. It's Jay Roach, who directed the um, um, uh, Austin Powers movies. This is his, like, drama debut, mm-hmm. I guess. Interesting. But Dalton Trumbo was a Hollywood writer who was on the blacklist, and they suspected him of being a communist, so he was blacklisted for years and had to write his screenplays in secret and did a lot of really great work and uh, I think it'd be a really interesting movie so that's coming out that same day I saw the trailer for that and was like wow this is great Gary Oldman's in a new movie (laughs) (laughs) and then it was Brian Cranston (laughs) he really does in that trailer glasses and a mustache (laughs) when it's not Walter White glasses and mustache (laughs) Um, I mean there's a bunch of other stuff Uh, November 20th is Hunger Games of course Mocking J Part 2 I'm actually excited November 25th Creed. It's another... Yes. <laughs> Can oh, you movie? take oh, me higher? How dare you? Oh, my gosh. I, no. honest, I honestly just want the final Creed. boxing match to have that song. Oh. Oh. Project oh, vomit like I, chunk I, I all want, over I everyone want in the theater. that song to be the training montage song. So the son of <laughs> Apollo Creed, Michael B. Jordan, it's another Rocky movie. And I think the trailer looks good. This will be another movie that uh, Brady has not seen, because let's hear it. How many Rocky movies have you seen, Brady? Uh, I have never seen a Rocky movie. How, how many movies do you pretend to have seen, Brady? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> now, watch. You can test him on it. Who did he fight in Rocky Three? Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Don't yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, Rocky Three was Mr. T. That's right. Rocky Four 
was the Russian. He fought communism. Yeah. <laughs> um, Russian I haven't five, seen what he never fought happened. his son's robot. <laughs> I have never seen a Rocky movie either. What? You have to watch the first yep. one. The first two I really liked. Um, the first one, especially. Um, I, I've seen Karate Kid. Does that count? No. I've actually, I've actually no. heard. A, I've actually heard good things about the newest Rocky movie. It's, I didn't like it so much. It wasn't bad, but I, I also like. I really liked it, but I think it really relies on you having a, already a connection. That's the thing. Like I hadn't seen all the all of the rest of them like all the way through. This was the first. This year is the first year that I watched one and two all the way through. Really? Yeah. I, like I knew what happened. <laughs> I watched because right. I'd seen three. Like three, they just like had on repeat for years. I, right. Mr. T. I, I don't believe Rocky three because I think Mr. T would win in any. Uh, I don't. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the same. Oh, I'm a solid believer of the Church of Stallone. Um, uh, <laughs> no, well, but every no, every. Every other year, I watch the entire yeah. mythology. So, um, the Church also, of Stallone. I just imagine like their big. Com- now let us pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very ancient. Poor Sylvester Stallone. He looks like a melting wax figure. Well, now. half his like his left. Side well, of his yeah, face he has paralyzed. paralyzed. Did you yeah, guys? That's, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh. Did you guys see that interview in 1994 with Stallone? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis. What's <laughs> hilarious about that is one of those three men gives intelligent answers. It isn't Schwarzenegger or Willis. <laughs> well, here's no joke. Sylvester Stallone in real life writes poetry. Paints. He wrote the Rocky. Well, he, Dude, yeah, he wrote, directed, and he had all the rights. And Rambo. And all these movies, and he's he's incredibly intelligent, and he doesn't well, speak like it. that in real life. <laughs> he speaks like a normal human being. People don't understand that Stallone is actually quite a—I don't want to call him a genius, but he's actually a really smart businessman when it comes. Of course, to he's a, yeah. The Expendables, yeah. <laughs> Stallone looked at all like the Taken movies, and he's like an old guy doing actiony stuff. Yeah, I can do that. I got eight of them. <laughs> so, so we'd like to thank you all for listening to reviews wait, versus Sylvester wait, Stallone. Just, <laughs> so, so, the Good Dinosaur. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a nice name to call Mr. Stallone. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, Rocky's going to beat me up. <laughs> that comes out the same day. If you don't want to watch Creed, the what? movie, <laughs> Ugh. then go see The Good Dinosaur, which is Pixar's second movie this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's it all so for November. I'm dying. Yeah, it looks really good. Aldo died. So I guess I'll end the podcast then. <laughs> With because Aldo is dead. <laughs> Aldo is dead. Hold me now. I'm oh. six feet from the edge and oh, I'm thinking. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. I can read all day. I only I'm, know the three songs. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to Reviews versus the Podcast and putting up with our renditions of Creed songs. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? John John is back. We hope you join us next month when we come back with reviews versus the podcast. Uh, have a good night. Love <laughs> you.